Jody Essex is the artist who lives rock music. Jody, it's a treat to have you here on The Antidote. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate the invitation. I like to ask every artist about their early days. What about telling us how music began for you? Oh, goodness. Um, music began for me in the church. I was a Sunday soloist. So the pastor kind of asked if I wouldn't mind coming up, stepping up on Sundays and just doing a solo of my choice. So back then I was singing Amy Grant's, Sandy Patty, Tim <laughs> Boyce, all of those great bands. And uh, I had an older brother and older sister. So, of course, you know, they introduced me to all of those artists and DC Talks and Petra and Striper. So I was exposed to Christian rock pretty early on. And um, that's kind of where I got my start. I mean, I started singing very young on the uh, hearth of our fireplace, holding a candlestick. But in terms of in front of people, it was uh, Sunday at church as a soloist and uh, branched out from there. And of course, preschoolers always have to perform. Oh, hello. Yes. I was performing Debbie Boone's You Light Up My Life. That was my jam back then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I heard my parents listening to it. So I'm like, okay, I have to learn this song. I really like it. Love the melody. It's easy to sing. So yeah, Debbie Boone and the Boone Sisters. Everything is much different now. <laughs> yeah. Something that I'd read is that earlier in your career, you were in secular bands then why make the switch into the Christian music scene? Yeah, so referring back to our conversation we were just having about Christian music in general, I did step away for that very reason, that I felt like uh, it was lacking a certain sound and feel and culture. And so I did end up after church, college, whatever else, I ended up stepping away from Christian music specifically. I still sing in the church and everything. But I kind of just started doing more inspirational tunes, not necessarily Christ-centered lyrics. Uh, so my focus was just kind of adult contemporary ballads and then, because uh, I grew up singing those. And then I have a personal passion for rock music. I mean, there's nothing like it. It totally fits my personality. I listened to it growing up aside Christian artists. Um, and so I did form a couple of secular bands. Um, one was called Essex, just after my last name, and another was Someone Somewhere. It wasn't Christian-specific, faith-based music. And so, um, yeah, I did that for several years and toured with my bands, and then I disbanded. I felt like it was just so much work maintaining rehearsals. I always wanted to rehearse and, you know, I was the only female in the band. So all the guys, you know, trying to drag them to rehearse and just do shows, it would just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for any artist. And so I kind of just went solo and I decided to, you know, look at just higher guns for studio work and live performances. So that's kind of what, what happened with that. Your songs project what I'd call an aggressive form of Christianity, mm -hmm. like on the song Fighter from your debut album. Mm -hmm. The song says, the battle never has scared me, the war never will. Mm -hmm. Fearless is the surest path to victory and still. You may see me fail and fall, but you never see me quit. But you know, many people are much more contemplative in their faith. Should they be more like you are? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I can't really say, I, I don't feel like I, I'm in a place to say how people should engage in their faith journey. But for me, it's all about conviction. Um, I feel like if you aren't a thousand percent in, 
then, you know, you're kind of in a gray area. To me, it's black and white. I think my personal convictions with Jesus Christ in my walk, it's got to be 100% authentic. It's got to feel full of conviction. And I know sometimes my delivery may come across to people a certain way. It can be a little offensive, especially if people, you know, in their personal lives were never listening to rock in the first place. But I do feel like my style is say not maybe aggressive, but it's definitely 100% assertive. And it's about driving the point home. I don't want there to be any gray areas in a black and white subject matter. It just needs to be, this is what it is. The Bible is what it is. God is what he is. And there's no compromise. You're either in or you're out. You're not lukewarm. You're either hot or you're cold. And so that really, I feel, comes across in my music because that also is my personality for the most part. You're a type A. In some ways, absolutely. Yeah, and in some things, I'm definitely not. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some things where I am type A and, you know, it's, it is what it is. I have strong convictions and I am very impassioned. And I'm definitely, I would describe myself, one word is fearless. I just go after it without, without thinking about what the repercussions are. Obviously, I'm not going to do anything that's going to land me in jail and I'm not going to purposely offend anyone, but uh, I'm an impassioned person, I, you know, and I'm, I am opinionated and I am strong. And um, I feel like in that song, Fighter, that you just quoted, uh, you have to be fearless. I feel like so much of our culture and people in it are rooted in fear-based thinking. And I feel like that is what keeps people for the most part from great personal growth, you know, in your, in your day-to-day life and also your faith journey with God. Right. Understand. You know, something about the music style of Jody Essex is that it's becoming rare. Really, there mm-hmm. aren't nearly as many rock artists anymore. And I'm wondering if that's mm-hmm. a good thing or a bad thing for you even though I guess it does make you stand out from the crowd. Yeah, um, I think it's two sides of the same coin. I was talking to um, a really well-known radio promoter a few months ago. I had just come out with a Fend in September of 2021. And he's like, look, I love rock with the best of them, but I can't promote rock. Labels aren't signing rock. No one's listening to it. Billboard's dropping their charts. Christian rock, they have a couple of, you know, smaller charts, but it's a dying art. And yeah, I do have to agree with that on a general spectrum, but I feel like the diehard rock fans, they're here to stay. I'm here to stay. You're here to stay. We're not going anywhere, but it it has been diminished. Uh, I think in the secular industry, it's definitely diminished, but even more so in the CCM. Um, I feel like we have just over the last, I guess, five years, we've just had this surplus, this huge amount of worship artists come forth. You know, every Mm -hmm. church is doing an album now. Every member of the worship team has their own album out. So it's grown exponentially. Because of that, it has pushed rock, you know, kind of to the background. And uh, I still feel like there are a lot of Christians or faith-based individuals who feel that because of the nature of rock music, that it isn't of God. You know, it's not a soft, worshipful kind of thing, but I really have to beg to differ. I mean, most of my songs are rock and roll to God. You're crying out, you're screaming, you're pumping your fists. I mean, you've been to a rock show. There's nothing better than a rock show. But being on fire for God on stage, you know, and I also throw in a couple ballads here and there that are very worshipful to me. So, my whole point in doing all of this was to just 
let people know out there that there is more than one type of worship. Rock is, it's just a genre. But to me, it's very much about still getting in touch with God and just getting in a space that, you know, lyrically, yeah, I'm I'm calling out. I'm, I'm telling you how it is. I'm a, a representative in God's army. And so that's kind of what I feel like, you know, my goal has been with my music. When we head back to your debut, Irreverent, for a moment. Sure. What was it like heading into the studio to record the album? Did you know exactly what you wanted to say to your audience? I did, yeah. I definitely knew that I wanted to stay in the rock vein, and so I searched far and wide to find a producer to work with that A, would be open to that, and, you know, no holds barred also, who was very creative in that way. And, um, yeah, I, I distinctly went in with material, and I knew how I wanted it to sound, and it was just about finding someone to help bring that out and shape it and put it together. And also, you know, secondarily, it's one thing to go in and record an album, but then you have a whole marketing effort afterwards. And so you really have to put some heavy thought into that because I'm marketing to the CCM industry and all the people that are in it and listening. And so, um, yeah, I definitely had a strong focus, knew what I wanted it to sound like, knew what I wanted to do, how I wanted it to come across, and really how I wanted it to leave people feeling that's really the most important with music is when you listen to it, how do you want your audience to feel? How do you want it to impact them? And so, you know, it's kind of like beginning with the end in mind. And so that's kind of where I started, developed my material and uh, knocked it out. But something you were just saying there makes it sound as if this isn't just ministry. This is also business. And a lot of artists tend to neglect the business part of it. Yes, 100%. You're, you're correct there. Um, it is a business. Um, yes, I'm impassioned about it. Yes, I love being a musician. Yes, I love performing for people. Yes, I love influencing and impacting people in a positive way. But it still is a business that you have to manage from top to bottom, from, you know, being disciplined in your scheduling, who you're working with, keeping a calendar, keeping meetings, keeping times, I always like to be on time. Um, you know, the financial aspect of it. I know a lot of artists, they will put a ton of money into their studio album and then they'll have nothing left over in terms of a marketing budget. And, you know, marketing is it's 100% of the business. It's, you know, you can have an amazing product, but if you don't get it out there and you don't throw a little PR behind it, and now, as you know, social media is a huge marketing tool. For me, it's like a necessary evil because I kind of loathe social media, but it is a necessary <laughs> thing today. And so, uh, yeah, you can't neglect the business part of it. Anytime I'm talking to up-and-comers or younger artists or even just my fellow artists, I'm always pushing the whole business thing and asking, you know, those questions, qualifiers to find out exactly where they are uh, business-wise because it, it's very, very important and part of the whole, you know, ball of wax. I keep flipping around back and forth on things. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's what we're here for. Okay, irreverent. The album title, that leaves a question, because irreverent means lacking mm -hmm. respect for something that should be taken seriously. Then were you aiming that word at Christians, or is that just how you see the world? Oh, no. It's aimed strictly at the world, the world's perspective, everything of the world. You know, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And so irreverent, what I intended for that to mean is being irreverent to the world 
in the name of Christ. Um, I ran into the same issue with Offend because I did get a lot of interviews when Irreverent came out and they were like, well, you're a Christian artist, but your title track and your name of your album is Irreverent. And I ran into it with Offend from the standpoint of, well, you know, as a Christian, you're not supposed to go around offending people. And so I also had to clarify that I am not here to purposely offend anybody. I think innately and just the subject matter of Christianity, religion, Jesus, God, that can rub a lot of non-believers and just a lot of people in general the wrong way. So they're naturally going to be offended. But what I'm talking about is in terms of offending for the gospel is being able to speak your mind, stand up for your beliefs, say what you need to say, obviously in a kind Christian way, assertive or not. And um, if that offends somebody, I mean, you can't you can't walk around worrying if you're someone's going to be offended. I mean, I don't have a daily conversation with God and, you know, and and let him know that, well, God, I can't witness to anybody about the Bible. I can't say anything because I'm afraid I'm going to offend someone. Yeah, you're going to offend someone. That's just kind of the way it is. So irreverent and offend are parallel that way in that it means outwardly to the world being irreverent in the rebel spirit of God and standing up for what you believe and not worrying about if you in the process are offending people, not offending people in person, you know, knocking them over the head and dragging them around with the Bible. It's not that, but you have to be able to, you know, stand up for what you believe and um, yeah, some strong conviction there. Be bold. Well, it's pretty clear that you don't holster your opinion because you once said something to Authority Magazine. The music industry is boring and literally regurgitates the same material over and over again. Does that mean that there's no art left in music? No, I think leading back to what you said about the rock genre and how it's kind of a, you know, maybe a dying breed. Um, I'm paraphrasing there, but what I meant by that is that there are those artists out there who strive to color outside the lines, think outside the box and that's what makes them great. And then there are also people that fall in the vein of, you know, the CCM industry, worship music, which is great too. I feel like everybody in every genre has its place. But you will find, and especially in your industry, and you're always interviewing musicians, you will find those people, those individuals, those bands that aren't ever worried about coloring outside the lines and doing something outwardly creative, different. They're not worried so much how they're going to impact people because they're different. In fact, they celebrate their versatility and their difference in the industry. And so I kind of feel like that's what I meant by that is that there is a lot in terms of labels regurgitating this thing, the same type of artistry, the same type of music, the same chord progressions over and over and over again, because it's safe. And because, you know, as we talked about the music industry, the, the business aspect of it, labels are in the industry to make money. They're not doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. They're a business. They're a huge company, some of them. And so they need to make money from, you know, the artists that they're signing. So it makes sense then that they kind of stick with the same formula, you know, this whole saying, if it's not, you know, broke, don't fix it. And um, they kind of stay safe that way. So that's pretty much what I meant by that. That's a curse word in my book, safe music. <laughs> yeah. We've been talking about the rock sound of Jody Essex, but it's not 100% rock. You also recorded symphony. 
which is really a bit out of character from the rest of the album, because bluntly put, it's very CCM. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, it's so funny because when I first started writing Symphony, I heard this huge string arrangement, this live string arrangement. And so, um, you know, when I started developing it, it just kind of started writing itself and it became just this orchestral piece. Um, you know, and it's funny because I feel like in any material that I have out there or even this EP coming out, I feel like, you know, on or a lot of artists' albums, really, there's always a dark horse. And so for me, Symphony was kind of that dark horse. <laughs> I didn't expect it to turn out the way that it did. Once the ball got rolling, I just kind of ran with it and let it unravel and develop. And that's kind of what it kind of came out to be. And it's a very worshipful song, which, you know, I'm still a very worshipful artist. And so that is a facet of me. And so whatever comes out, whatever bubbles to the surface, you know, that definitely is a part of who I am. Um, I don't really control that in terms of what comes out. And, you know, I'm not hard pressed to make sure that I come out with a commercial sounding song that's going to make a label a ton of money. You know, I don't have necessarily those parameters and I kind of write whatever comes. And that's why you've remained as an independent artist. Yes, exactly. Rearview Mirror. Oh, one of my favorites. That's one of the milder songs on Irreverent. Mm-hmm. And it talks about not looking at the past, how we should move forward. And I mm-hmm. guess really it's describing your own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts out, uh, the piano, it starts out very melancholy. The song also mentions about not having regrets. But really, don't all of us have regrets? Yeah, and I think regrets are perfectly fine to have. I think it just is, you know, how you frame up regret in your mind. You know, if it's something that you're just devastated about and you you weren't able to learn from it and you didn't kind of, there was no takeaway, no silver lining to it, or even just a simple takeaway from it, then I think, you know, that's when people kind of get caught up on the word regret. So what I'm saying is that song starts out pretty melancholy, but it's, I feel like it ends up pretty inspirational. It's intended to implore listeners to stay out of your rearview mirror because we all do it. We all kind of go back to a day, a time in our lives, a situation, a relationship we were in, a friendship we were in, something with family. I mean, you name it, it's across the board. So, but yeah, rearview mirror is definitely about looking forward, staying out of your rearview mirror, staying out of the past, not beating yourself up. You just have to move forward. And I am, you know, in terms of regrets, Yeah, everybody has regrets. I have regrets. Um, But I feel like the word regret, it's a it's an ever moving, ever evolving thing. It's not something that just happened and you file it away and that's the end of it. I feel like regret is a working piece of clay. It's malleable. It's like, okay, you've got something, you regret it. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to learn something from it? Are you also going to glean something from it and teach someone else from it? So I feel like there are really good lessons in in regret. And so to me, regret's not a negative thing. Um, And also being kind of the fearless person that I am, that's kind of how I approach life. It's like, do it all, take it all in. And, you know, along the way, share your findings with people. My only regret is not having hair on the top of my head anymore. (laughs) I don't know if that's a regret, is it? Because it's not anything that was intentional. Well, I guess all the music we've been talking about is from the Irreverent album, but you've also been releasing new singles, and your latest is Unravel. That's a really personal song. It is. 
I consider that a very worshipful rock ballad. Um, But it is a very intimate conversation between, in this case, myself and God and the listeners, you know, between listeners and their and their relationship with God. It's kind of like a prayer. It's, you know, the opening lyric, well, I've been here before, pick me up, dust me off, feet back on the floor. It's just, you know, God setting me back on my path because we stumble all the time. I mean, that's our human nature. And um, Unravel is just letting go, letting God in, giving him the opportunity to just unravel us and see into us and transform us. But of course, that requires vulnerability and we have to allow it to happen. So yeah, Unravel is a very intimate song. Well, I think it's time for you to be honest with us, Jody, <laughs> because I want you to admit that Shrek's ogres are like onions rant is what actually inspired Unravel. Yes. <laughs> right. You're right on that. You know, people are often overly critical of an artist who's opinionated. And I mean, that is your style. Mm-hmm. Do you think you end up paying a price for being forceful? Oh, yes. I mean, we see politics going on all the time in the secular world, but it also happens in the CCM industry. Um, Isn't it worse in the Christian music machine? It's worse because it's funny because as Christians, you know, do not judge lest ye be judged, except for there's a lot of judging going around in the CCM industry. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, that's also our human nature. And that's also something that, you know, causes us to stumble is when we find ourselves judging things or people or, or what have you. And um, yeah, politically, I mean, I think in the CCM industry, I have already experienced a couple little things in interviews, I think with record labels, I think with marketing, I think with just certain groups that maybe I wanted my music to be a part of. And it's, it's just, they're just not going to let you in. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to point any anybody out or any group out, but it does exist, which is really sad to me. We're all in this together. We're all on the same journey. We all hope to end up in the same place one day. And I just definitely have felt, you know, tinges of, um, just not being quote unquote the right fit, which is everyone's favorite explanation. We just feel like maybe you're just not the right fit kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I've heard that many times about this show and that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm willing to take that. Yes. You touched on this a few minutes ago about a new EP coming out. When should that be released? We are aiming to release that in June and the date is Friday, June 24th. Something that's wonderful is that your team has been awesome and they've given The Antidote an unreleased track from that EP. Oh! At one point, the song Fearless says, Never mind what they say. You prayed God would use you. Said you'd never scare away. He'll get you through. Tell us about that verse. Is that actually your story? Heck yeah. You know, I feel I've had countless conversations with with people on their faith journeys and that they want to feel some purpose and they want to be used by God for the greater good. And they want to be used in a positive, impactful way. But being a Christian and moving forward with any kind of agenda is not an easy task. Like we were just talking about, you know, the the judgment that we face sometimes for being assertive. Cause I also feel like if you are too assertive and you're too direct 
people can take that as a negative thing which I've encountered also. And um, so that lyric is about, you prayed God would use you, go forth, be fearless. You can't listen to what anybody else says. You don't absorb the way that somebody is treating you because 99.9% of the time, it's going to be them. It's, it's not you. Um, if you are positive and you're doing something inspirational and impactful in a kind manner, and all you keep getting in terms of feedback or treatment, if it's negative, it's, it's not you. I just want listeners to hear that song. And literally, it's just it's about being fearless and going forth and doing God's work, doing what you prayed for, how you prayed for him to utilize your skills and your heart and anything else you can offer up to your brothers and sisters. And um do it without worrying about how it's, you know, impacting people or, or what people are saying about you in a negative light. I never asked, what's the name of the EP? You know what? I haven't named it yet. Can you go with that? <laughs> I know it's March and I've been going back and forth, back and forth on the name of the EP just because of the theme of, you know, the songs on it. There will be six songs on it. And then following the EP, I'll have two other single releases. So, yeah, I hope to, my team's bugging me for that because they're like, okay, Jody, we've got to finalize the artwork. What do you have for us? And I just, yeah. Regardless of whatever it's going to be called, I'm going to look forward to it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I got to say, Jody, it's been great meeting with you. And thanks for coming for this talk with The Antidote. Oh, my gosh, Dave. Thank you so much again for the invite. And um, best of luck to you and all your future endeavors and, and all your interviews. Look forward to hearing more. <laughs>